pastor needs to stick with truth and say, son, you're in sin, and lay out, this is where you're headed. You're headed for death, years of torment. God's not pleased with what you're doing, but giving him truth. Jesus died for men who struggle with homosexuality, and you can be free, but how badly do you want to be free? The church and homosexuality. This is the issue that most churches are facing today. Pure Life Ministries, we want to equip leaders who face these issues on the front lines. First, Steve Gallagher and Brad Furgis discuss how pastors can show loving concern for those dealing with same-sex attraction without compromising biblical truth. Then, Pastor Ed Book shares how he counsels the married man who struggles with same-sex attraction. And finally, you'll hear the testimony at the graduation of a Pure Life student whom God gave victory over his sexual sin. I'm your host, Jim Lewis. This is Purity for Life. We recorded this first interview just over 10 years ago, and in that time, the radical homosexual agenda has only been strengthened by growing approval ratings and court decisions granting marriage rights to members of the same gender. That kind of dramatic change makes the conversation you're about to hear even more relevant to pastors and church members today. Dear friend, my name is David Innes. I'm pastor of the Hamilton Square Baptist Church of San Francisco. The sounds you are going to hear were heard right here in the auditorium and terrified those who were in attendance. The event took place on Sunday night at our evening worship service. Hear these sounds for yourself as the homosexuals and lesbians are literally seeking to pound and ram the doors down to invade and take over a worship service of a church here in San Francisco, United States of America. And then going on up to Canada and uh, uh, somebody tell the police they're over on the other side. Just let the police know and they'll be, we'll be taking care of it. Just be calm. Just lock it. Just hold it. Don't, no, Jerry, no! No. Jerry, just leave it alone. Now, folks, if you think this is a show, you should have been at the school board meeting about five years ago when they put through Project 10. This is nothing compared to that.
Steve Gallagher and Brad Furgis have joined me in the studio. Guys, that recording was made in 1993, and I think it will help our listeners to understand that homosexuals have basically taken over the city of San Francisco, in large part because of that kind of activism that was going on in the 80s and early 90s. Fast forward to 1997, CNN did a poll of the American public to gauge their views of homosexuality, and only 36% of the public had a favorable view of homosexuality. They just recently retook that poll, and that percentage is now up to 56%, a dramatic change in public opinion, Steve. Yeah, it shows the success of the homosexual activists and what they set out to do 20 years ago, they have accomplished. And how is that really affecting even our church culture? How is that affecting the way Christians view homosexuality? I really wonder about that. And that's really what we want to talk about, is looking at it from the perspective of the Christian, specifically the pastor in the church in America today. You know, you've got many state laws that support the advancement of the homosexual agenda. You've got school boards and teachers who are homosexuals, openly homosexual, teaching students. You've got youth coming into the church who are routinely exposed to the media that supports the homosexual lifestyle. What is the pastor to do? Obviously, one of the roles of the pastor is to help those that are going to come looking to him for help. And I wonder, how can a pastor who, on one Sunday, may be behind the pulpit saying, we've got to go attack the homosexual agenda because radical homosexuals are coming after us, How can he then, the next Sunday, be presenting a compassionate message to people who may be struggling with sexual sin? Well, it's a a difficult balance to maintain, you know. I mean, we do need to preach truth, Hmm. regardless of where that takes us. And of course, now with the hate crimes legislation right on our doorstep and all that we're facing with that in the days to come, pastors have some difficult issues that they're going to face. Am I going to allow this to silence me from speaking forth the truth? Mm-hmm. So to me, it's a twofold thing. We, Pastors, ministers in general, we need to speak the truth, but we also need to extend that compassionate hand to those who are struggling. And I think that anyone sitting in a church who's sincere, and if they're having those kinds of struggles— If the pastor really does have the kind of heart where he wants to help someone who's struggling, he's going to sense that. He's going to sense that, and he's not going to be afraid to come forward and and talk to his pastor. And so I guess maybe what we're coming down to is that, yes, the pastor ought to be able to speak about those public policy issues that are going to impact the church, that are going to impact Christians' ability to communicate the truth, but also he needs to be in a position to where he can help those who may be struggling. Yeah, and obviously the important thing is the way that he's presenting his message. You know, if he's just railing on about how horrible homosexuality is without, you know, expressing the the concern for individuals, then Mm -hmm. people aren't going to feel comfortable coming to him. Yeah, I think that's well said. Brad, I want to bring you into back into the conversation here as well. I know that you struggled with homosexuality in your college years. You were in church at the time. Uh, you went to your pastor for help. Talk to us a little bit about what happened when you did that. Yeah, it's back in 96. Uh, I went to my pastor and just really opened up to him. It's the first time I'd opened up to, to a minister or pastor um, about details of what I was involved in. And I just poured my heart out just in the hopes that he could help me to just get on track, find deliverance. What I, I was just, I wanted to be free. And at the end of the conversation, kind of gave me a little bit of encouragement and told me I just needed to do the right thing and keep praying. But I just didn't get a sense that he really knew 
how to help me or to point me in a direction. I regretted that I had shared so much because there have been many times that he has, would make comments about homosexuals and they usually were jokes and all the men who didn't struggle with that would laugh or whatever. And so I left his office saying, you know what? He's putting me in the same category as anybody else. And the same pastor, someone on his worship team, everyone knew was struggling with homosexuality. One of the ministers that was under him was struggling as well that I was aware of. And so what I saw was this pastor just either didn't care or just didn't have the wherewithal, the anointing, the wisdom to help a man struggling um, like me and many others in the church. And um, in my situation, I found more women rallying around me to pray for me and encourage me and to believe in the Lord and believe God to set me free than I did pastors or other men of God in, in the church where I was attending. Well, based on that experience, and of course you've since come out of homosexuality, you're serving the Lord here at Pure Life Ministries, put yourself in the place of that pastor. What ought a pastor's response be to a fellow like yourself coming looking for help? Well, I think, first of all, for sure, the pastor needs to stick with truth and say, son, you're in sin, and lay out, this is where you're headed. You're headed for death, years of torment. God's not pleased with what you're doing. But giving him truth, Jesus died for men who struggle with homosexuality, and you can be free, but... How, how badly do you want to be free? That's a good question a pastor could ask. Son, you're in my office. Do you really want to be free? And if that young man says or the man says, sure, okay, well, these are some steps we're going to take. And I think any pastor who loves Jesus can go to the Word of God and help a man um, out of his struggles or recommend that he comes to Pure Life Ministries, goes through our Overcomers at Home program or go through our Live-In program. Any pastor who's listening to this now, there's help. (laughs) God uh, uses this ministry constantly to help men who struggle with homosexuality and any other sexual sin. He did it for me. And Steve, (laughs) I I know you've written uh, about this in your book, Counseling the Sexual Addict, as well, and and that makes an excellent resource. Well, you mentioned, Steve, that something was going on in the church and that you had a concern about where Christians stood on this issue. Most Christians are way more influenced by the mindset of the world than we realize. Just constantly plugged into television, constantly on the internet reading what the news organizations are putting out and so forth, it does affect you. You may have your convictions, but they erode when you're constantly being bombarded with messages that attack those convictions. And I think that's what's really happening in the church. And what do you think the pastor needs to do to try to counter that? Let's take the average guy in his 20s who's maybe dabbled in homosexuality and struggled with it, whatever. He comes to church. He's kind of in and out. He's out of it spiritually and stuff, but he comes into your church, Pastor. What's he going to find there? And what I want to say is this, that having a passion for Jesus Christ is very contagious, and I cannot think of one antidote more powerful to a young man or whoever struggling with homosexuality or any kind of sin than a pastor who is on fire for God. And out of his life comes a passion to know God, to love him, and to live a holy life. And from that kind of passion, 
people get affected and it makes them long for that and want that for themselves. And I see that as one of the most important things that a pastor can do to help uh, really the overall spiritual health of his church. Can I say it this way? And I've had to say this to myself. I need to spend more time in prayer and seeking God and less time in busy work. And then when I come out and I go to uh, speak to people, I know that God is going to be in my voice and he's going to be able to convey something that's going to be attractive to my listeners. Amen. Brad and Steve, thanks a lot. Good to see you again. Great to be here. Pastors will undoubtedly have to provide compassionate counsel to those in their church dealing with homosexuality. But this issue touches more people in a congregation than you might think. These days, heterosexual married men are being lured into same-sex attraction by their growing involvement in pornography. This is exactly what Pastor Ed Book experienced in his own life. So what you're about to hear is not coming from a theoretical point of view, but from his own experience. Pastor Ed Book has joined us in the studio today. He is our Director of Counseling in the residential program here at Pure Life. Pastor Ed, our topic today concerns the man who is married to a woman, yet struggles with attraction to other men and who even engages in sexual relationships with men outside his marriage. As a biblical counselor at Pure Life, I've dealt with several men who've come into the residential program to get free from their sexual sin with other men, and these men had wives and children at home. Now, as director of biblical counseling at Pure Life, what is your experience of dealing with men in sexual sin or with same-sex attraction who happen to be married to women. Is it a common problem? Well, I don't think that I would necessarily say it is a common problem, but it certainly wouldn't be uh, considered uncommon either. Uh, you know, if I had to peg a percentage, I would say it's probably less than 10% of those that we see in counseling are married men who have a homosexual orientation. But there is a larger group of men out there who uh, maybe don't have that as an orientation, but they have certainly crossed boundaries in viewing pornography or even engaging in sexual activity with other men, uh, but they still wouldn't describe that as their primary orientation. But across the board, uh, either category you look at, whether it's uh, a homosexual orientation or not, married men are engaging more and more in homosexual activities and pornography, for sure. So a man goes on the internet to look at pornography, and this was never his intention but it ends up taking him in a direction that he never thought he'd go in. Absolutely. That's the case uh, across the board. That's kind of true of sin in general, but sexual sin specifically will take anyone, man or woman, across lines that they imagined they would never cross and even told themselves they would never cross. But uh, And so more and more we just see that, that it, with homosexuality becoming so commonplace in our culture, so accepted in the culture— uh, it's very common uh, for men to at least have enough curiosity to cross those lines. Can we say this directly, just to get it out of the way? 
that all sexual activity outside the bonds of marriage is adultery. It is sexual sin, and it is expressly forbidden in Scripture. Uh, certainly, yes, we can and, and and probably need to say that more and more because uh, obviously our culture is redefining sin, especially things, uh, sexual sin. And so, yeah, it probably pays to just say it up front. Uh, sexual activity outside of marriage is scripturally forbidden. All the more our culture tries to define what sin is and what sin isn't. And in fact, they want to ignore sin altogether. But we have to find our definition of sin where, Pastor Ed? Well, obviously, for Christians, that's going to come out right out of the pages of the Bible. Uh, Christianity cannot take its definition of sin from what our culture decides is acceptable and normal. Christianity depends on the Word of God, and the Bible gives us God's standards uh, amazingly clearly in some ways that our culture has managed to somehow blur in the minds of people. Uh, but And let me just hasten to add that those boundaries in Scripture, they're really not intended to deny us some pleasure or some you know some good in our lives those boundaries are there for our protection they keep us within the boundaries where god can reach us and bless us and uh, lead us into eternal life with him pastor how do you counsel a married man who has committed homosexual sins is your counsel any different from a heterosexual man who has committed or is committing sexual sin well, Jim, there really isn't much difference in our counsel. The answer for sexual sin is the same, regardless of whether it's heterosexual or homosexual sin that we're dealing with. All sin is rooted in the heart. So like every other sin, then sexual sin flows out of a person's love of self, his love of pleasure, his love of his life in this world. Uh, sexual sin is simply the fruit of a very self-centered lifestyle. So in general, uh, our council will focus on the issues of pride and selfishness that are dominating this man's life. Individually, now, that may mean dealing with one man's uh, self-protective pride or with another man, it might be more so his spiritual pride or his perfectionism or if with another guy, maybe it's his know-it-all pride. We may need to address other manifestations of that self-life, like bitterness or unforgiveness or anger. Uh, maybe there are things like hopelessness or unbelief mixed right in there as well. Uh, so when it comes to the counseling we provide, we deal almost exclusively with the underlying heart issues. And the sexual sin, that thing on the surface level, will actually need very little attention in the counseling process. Now, this man who is married and yet committing homosexual sin. Would you say that his situation is somewhat more complicated because he's married or has children? Well, I guess it depends a little bit what you mean there, Jim, by the word situation. Uh, his sin problem is not any more complicated, I wouldn't say. Uh, so when it comes to helping him overcome the sexual sin, it really isn't more complicated because of marriage and children. 
But obviously with a wife and possibly children involved, there are almost certainly more ripple effects from his sin, more damage, more heartache, more spiritual and emotional wreckage across his life uh, from the sin. And so from the perspective of dealing with consequences and the work of reconciliation, uh, the situation is going to be a little more complicated for sure. And of course, uh, in a situation like we're talking about here with a, a married man dealing with homosexual activity or even orientation, there's that added aspect of building a godly marriage with his wife that is almost certainly going to be the most complicated of all of his issues. Uh, and let me just say that both the husband and wife, when they come into counseling at Pure Life, our experience is that, that they both tend to come in with the belief that somehow if he goes through some counseling, his homosexual attraction will change and become a heterosexual orientation. And, you know, I could say maybe in a small number of rare cases that happens, the Lord may actually deliver someone out of that uh, orientation, uh, out of his homosexual orientation into the heterosexual orientation. But that's very uncommon at best. What really almost always happens is that the man is still still dealing with that same-sex attraction at some level, but he's learning, he's got to learn how to allow the Lord to teach him to love his wife and remain faithful to her in every way, including emotionally and sexually. What resources do we offer wives who've been devastated by the betrayal of their unfaithful husband? Can we help a wife whose husband has cheated on her with other men? Absolutely, we can help. Uh, one of our uh, primary books that we offer is a book called When His Secret Sin Breaks Your Heart, written by Kathy Gallagher. Uh, Steve Gallagher, being the founder of our ministry, Kathy, his wife, wrote this book specifically to deal with hurting wives. Uh, and in addition to that, uh, the ministry provides counseling through our at-home program for wives. That is a phone counseling program where we'll match a wife with one of our female biblical counselors for three months of counseling. And uh, certainly in that setting, we've had a lot of experience counseling numerous wives whose husbands have gotten involved in homosexuality. As we wrap up today's segment, let me just ask you, what hope can you offer the man who is married, who struggles with same-sex attraction, who may indeed be involved in sexual sin, that there is freedom from sin through Jesus Christ, forgiveness for past transgressions, and hope for a faithful and fulfilling marriage to his wife? Well, Jim, the best hope I have to offer is that is to restate it that there really is freedom from sin through Jesus Christ. We have literally hundreds of people completing our counseling programs every year who would give that same testimony, that testi testifying to the fact that Jesus came into their lives in a very real way and forgave them and transformed them and led them into freedom from sexual sin and all sorts of other underlying issues. With the love of Christ at work in our lives, we discover that we truly can enjoy a faithful and fulfilling marriage with our wife. Even if we still have a homosexual orientation, there is so much more to marriage than the sexual aspect, so we learn to develop and accent those other things, especially the emotional connection, for example. And honestly, that's my personal testimony. The Lord gave my wife and I a new marriage, and believe me, we're both very fulfilled in our relationship. Well, thank you so much for your 
thoughtful words and from your personal experience as a married man and as a counselor. We appreciate you coming in today. Thanks, Jim. It's been great to be here. Finally today, I want to end this show with a story of hope. The gospel is all about changed lives. Jesus really does save men from their sins. Listen to the testimony of Jordan Yoshimine, a man whom God not only set free from sexual sin, but then called to stay in ministry here at Pure Life. I was born and raised in a Christian home. I became a Christian at age eight. I was active in church until I was about 25 and then left church and Christianity until about 2005. So for almost 18 years. Uh, the story of my sin starts 47 years ago. I was molested for a period of two years when I was a young toddler. These actions sent me into a lifelong battle of sexual confusion. I was always attracted to females, but also found myself drawn to males as well. When I left for college at age of 18, I began a downward spiral into degradation that lasted for 30 years. Um, I always sought anonymous one-night stand encounters with men that never left me satisfied at all. During that 30-year period, the Lord continued to pursue me and gave me numerous opportunities to repent and turn my life over to Him. Because of my love of self, I never once listened to Him, even after being arrested a few times and losing a job because of my sin. In 2005, I finally began listening to Him and returned to church. In May of 2007, I began working at our church and for a time enjoyed life without sin. Nevertheless, because of my pride, arrogance, and deception, I eventually fell back into sin, and in May of 2010, my pastor asked me to resign from church. My church family was still supportive, and I met with church members seeking restoration to the church. However, I only slipped deeper into sin. After having to admit my sin yet again, I realized my only hope was to enter a live-in program. Through many miracles, God got me here to PLM July 27th. My time here at PLM has never been filled with huge breakthrough moments, but in many, many small moments where the Lord dealt with my sin nature and also revealed His nature to me. Through some embarrassing and humiliating experiences, God shed light on my critical, judgmental heart that always hid behind the guise of the false humility so common in the Asian culture. He tore down my pride by giving me a job as a cardboard box cutter, by having staff that wouldn't give me the time of day that I just knew that I deserved by surrounding me with people who were much more spiritually knowledgeable than I was. As he was tearing me down and destructing my love of self, God was creating me a new heart. He has laid a strong foundation with roots just now taking hold in the fertile soil of his word. I never understood his love or accepted his love before, but as I began to let go of past hurts and unforgiveness in my life, I began to see his overwhelming love and mercy for me that is represented by the cross. I now find myself cradled in his arms, simply allowing him to love me. Accepting his love for me has allowed me to see the simplicity of the Christian life. Love him and love others. Walking it out isn't easy and hasn't been easy, 
But when, and only when, I keep my eyes fixed completely on the cross, on Jesus, and on his overwhelming love for me, my only response is to love him and love others. I look back now on the past seven months and see the man that I had created being transformed into the man that God had always intended me to be. I'd like to thank my family who have bared my burden for most of their lives. Thank you for your faithfulness in prayer and modeling for me what it's like to be in a love relationship with the Lord. Thanks to the PLM staff for pouring out your lives, your lives in service to the Lord. Thank you to Brother Ken for speaking God's truth into me. Thanks to my brothers here on campus. I love you guys. We found Jesus together. And thanks to Lord, our Lord Jesus Christ for loving me enough to save my life over and over again. I hope and pray that the rest of my life will always reflect my love for you and my gratefulness for the cross. Before we go today, I'm excited to tell you about something new we're doing here. I don't know if you've looked at the Pure Life Ministries YouTube channel yet. Really, we haven't been using it a whole lot over the past two years, but that's now changed. We just launched a brand new video series on YouTube called 20 Truths That Help Me In My Battle With Porn Addiction. In this series, Pastor Steve Gallagher shares the insights into victory over sexual sin that have been foundational at Pure Life Ministries. Several of these compelling 10-minute videos are already available, and we're releasing one video a week over the next number of weeks, with even more new video content in the works. So be sure to subscribe to our channel to stay up to date. That's all for this episode. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time. Purity for Life is a production of Pure Life Ministries. For over 30 years, Pure Life Ministries has been the go-to for those whose lives have been devastated by sexual sin. Visit us on the web for more information about our life-changing counseling programs and powerful teaching materials. Also check out our video clips of men and women whose lives have been radically transformed. All that and more at purelifeministries.org.